The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, as part of the revival of the township economy, the National Contraction Incubator will be opening a branch in Dobsonville in Soweto, and uh, they'll be hosting a number of mentorship programs for emerging businesses within the built environment. Um, uh, And of course, one of the things that they're seeking to address here is the lack of business development that often makes it difficult for township uh, businesses to flourish and compete in the space. Uh, Pat Chalwa is the CEO of the incubator. Pat, good morning to you. Thank you for your time this morning. Good morning, Kathy. Uh, good morning to listeners. Uh, you thank know, you so th- thank you so much for coming on to the show. One of the things that has come out quite prominently in different conversations with our listeners is when it comes to the construction uh, sector, right? You have all of these contracts that will be issued for different types of projects in different communities. Sometimes you have local business forums that want to take part and that insist on being part of um, these contracts. Nothing wrong with that. But there's a question about whether or not these businesses are able to deliver according to a particular standard that is set as by the industry as being of quality. What what have you found in your work with businesses in the construction space, uh, construction space in that regard? Uh, thank you so much, Kathy. Uh, what we, we have discovered, which is basically the mandate of MCI, is that there are, there are informal skills within the country there are also our formal skills that are acquired by individuals within the construction space. However, they do not have the platform that en- enables them to partake in the formal streams of the construction space. Um, talking of um, when we drive around, we just need to move away from thinking of the construction space only when we're talking of the strategy of the business, but also thinking of all the people that you find in the street who uh, have got their skills. You drive around and find people who have got these boards, plumbing, um, carpenters, uh, people who can do so much, uh, but they're not in the formal streams of the business. And who is taking care of those people, if you can look at them as a community, and who's taking care of the graduates who just completed their studies within the construction space or the built environment. We've got the quantity surveyors who are unemployed. We've got the... um, project managers, we've got the architects, we've got, you can just look at all the fields. So what we found is that they need to be identified before they can even get into the space of competing, but they need to be, to get the support business-wise in terms of technical skills, in terms of compliance, that's what NCI is established for. That's where NCI is getting the support from government to identify such individuals, put them in a space or in a program where they are you call it empowered because of its empowerment. They come out of the program with the skills. They come out having networked within other stakeholders within the same space. So, yes, but what we find that there is a lack of identifying all the capability that is out there, the mm. talent that is out there, the qualifications that is out there, and just streamline them in such a way that they can play part in the formal uh, economic uh, streams within the country. So, basically, that's it.
when we look at um, the country's townships, of course, skills and services by those in uh, the built environment space, con you know, those who are in construction, these are services that are always in demand. You know, people are wanting to uh, build houses, they want to extend houses, they want to renovate houses, etc. And often, you know, what one finds is that um, they're not necessarily looking for fancy construction companies because those also come with a particular price tag. And it's people in the community that have developed skills, some some of them that have never actually been to school or, or gotten any um, formal qualification, but are quite good at construction, are quite good at building things and, and, and drawing up plans or whatever the case might be. True that. I agree with you. True. That, that is why um, our role is to support them business, uh, with business skills. Remember, they've got, they've, got the, they've got the talent. If it's still raw, it's a raw talent. However, they are, the construction industry is highly regulated. They've got to comply with certain things like CIDP. They've got to comply with uh, SARS. They've got to have tax clearing certificates. They've got to be in the uh, government database in order for them to get the jobs. But if you're sitting somewhere in the township, um, that's why we're saying we identify those people. We assist them with compliance, company registration, making sure that they submit all those um, documents that are required, whether it's in terms of te uh, uh, tax or whether it's in terms of uh, CIDP requirements and all that. We're basically there for that. So... Um, we, we do look at even the, the ones with qualifications. For instance, we've got the uh, built environment professional practitioners uh, in this space. Those are people with qualifications, but we'll also find that they're also in township, but nobody recognizes that skill, that qualification out there. And there's a person that's got a huge office somewhere in Oakland Park. If that's not the case, people will downplay and undermine that skill. So that's why we as NCI will be saying that that skill can be polished, can then put that individual into a formal space where they can play a critical role because we all know that for everything that we do, it is to push the economy of the country. So we, we do basically that, Kathy. When it comes to, uh, again, because we're, we're, specific, we're speaking here specifically about uh, the township, do you find that there are businesses in the construction space um, that, that, that people who have been doing this work on an ongoing basis are actually keen to go through the process of officially registering um, for for their companies to be tax compliant and all the other certification processes that they need to go through. Yes, we do find them they're very, yeah, you, you're correct. It is very key that they do come out today and they do comply. So the only way they can do that is only truly when they get the support. Uh, and when I say they get the support, when you are out there all by yourself trying to gather all this documentation, um, it sometimes it gets tedious. Um, and particularly if you don't have construction contracts, what others would call tenders. But if you don't have contracts and you've got the skill, you uh, whether it's a formal skill or it's an informal skill, but you've got it and you still don't comply, the construction industry will not co will, will not consider you. Uh, you cannot be on the um, uh, CSD, which is the government database. Um, not everybody will, even when the tenders go out there or the, the, the tender calls or the proposals calls that come out the, on the newspaper, if you don't have those uh, compliance documents, you are still not regarded as a, as a contractor or you're not considered as a person with skills. 
So yes, they would be keen to come out today and be assisted with compliance. So so and it was, yeah, it go ahead. Yeah, no, it's it's not just about uh, even paperwork. It goes beyond that because of once you are in our program as NCI, we would consider that as a compliance uh, phase of the of the development. And then we also take you to the basic skills. Everybody now and again, you do need, even if you say you've got business skills, you still need to be there to have some kind of a refresher course for those who've got those business skills. For those who do not have, it's, it's purely an advantage to be there in that program. Again, we also look at the technical skills. We also polish your technical skills, even the exposure to be on site, to do small jobs uh, that you can do. Small, small contracts. Like, you know, sometimes when you say jobs, people think it's just informal jobs. Small contracts like... Um, when working on the road markings, working on the cabs, mm. all that is still builds up on your profile. So it is very key uh, that uh, the SMEs who are out there within the construction space are identified and they get into such programs. What Hard kind? Of, yeah. Pat, what what kind of work, um, construction work, do you often find is taking place in in in, in communities? Um. One, you can look at social housing. Um, that is the mandate of another department, all in all. Uh, development of housing. You'd say in the country there is a shortage of housing, or you call it settlements, human settlements. Those are the projects that are supposed to be doing. Repairs and maintenance. And I think we also need to not only look at repairs and maintenance or housing house extensions. That's where we always teach our SMMEs that they can only do uh, a, a garage and a two-room and an extension. We need to look beyond that. The development of, of social housing, should those projects should be um, managed and should be run by our SMMEs locally. Nothing stops our SMMEs to be the one who come up with the development that comes from government and be equipped and skilled to run with such big development. Nothing limits our SMMEs to um, establish or to develop a shopping center as a contractor. Yes, you'll have the primary developer and the investors and all that. But when it comes to real local uh, content, you should be looking at our SMMEs. Even if it's a shopping mall locally, it should be built by our SMMEs. Uh, Roadworks, road repairs, uh, potholes. There's quite a lot of work that they can do other than just the repairs and maintenance. So that's where we've got to start to look at how huge the construction industry is. However, it still seems to be eliminating our SMMEs. And with now the uh, the initiative that the government is introducing to institutions like NCI, that you go out, they identify such uh, uh, that potential or that talent for those SMMEs and put them in the program, you support them. And sincerely supporting them, not just the paperwork, and see the outcome. Oh, yes, the government promised that's why we've got um, things like um, a performance contract where they look at how many SMMEs we identified, how many were in the program, how many succeeded, and how many uh, dropouts did we have, and what are the reasons for dropouts. And beyond that, what do you do as NCI to support those SMMEs beyond the, the program? All right. We're going to continue the conversation with, with Pat Chalwa. She's the CEO of the National Contraction Incubator. We're talking about opportunities in the construction space, especially um, when we look at the township economy. If you work in the space, uh, you are if you're either an SMME, 
um, or you're interested in getting into the space, call in. Tell us about what some of um, the challenges that you're facing when it comes to breaking through in the industry is concerned. Because, again, one of the, one of the things that comes up often is the fact that construction sector is dominated by big players and that these big players keep the smaller businesses out and it's practically impossible to get a step in to be part of some of the big projects that that are that that are being issued or where work is, is being issued for for big for big contracts let me quickly take yanga you're calling us from cape town yanga you have a question for pat I'm all right, thank you. Yes. No, to your guest, um, 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 one of the challenges that we, we are facing as, as um, small um, businesses um, in the construction industry is there really the um, ridiculous, you know, fees that we pay for. Young, young I'm going to ask you to move around a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to hear you there. Uh, but you you are telling us about one what what the challenges of 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 being a a, a, a so-called smaller player in the construction yes, space yes. and the challenges there. Yes, yes. Can you hear me now? Uh, just just keep trying. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's raining in Cape Town. Eh? Oh, okay. That's probably yeah, part yeah. of why the connection is so bad. But but go for it, Yanga. Yes, yes. I, I was saying. Um, the biggest challenge we, we are facing is that, um, you know, um, the fees that we are, we are paying to these uh, private companies who are leasing um, airfoods and um, all these uh, equipment are, are very high in our case. Mm. So to your guess, I was wondering, can they collaborate with government to create a company that will release equipment, you know, of course, it will be subsidized by, by government and it will give us, you know, um, reasonable fees so that we can compete. Okay. All right, yeah. yeah. All right, Yanga. Let's leave it there for this morning. From what I was able to make out, Yanga is actually asking about leasing of equipment. He says that um, the equipment used by construction companies is very expensive. And is there no collaboration that can take place between the NCI and government? Uh, where there can be a plan made for them to be able to access uh, some of this this equipment at a much cheaper rate than perhaps what they are right now. Uh, I'll, I'll give Pat an opportunity to answer the question in a moment. I'll also be taking more of your calls specifically for Pat on 011-714-2006. For now, it's 10.30. Kathy Mosasana on SAFM. We continue the conversation on the talking point this hour. We're looking at the construction uh, sector, more specifically construction businesses um, that are operating in the township. How can we better support those businesses? What, the, what are the opportunities that are available um, to communities that they can begin to take advantage of, especially if they're able to come together um, and 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 be part of the process of upskilling themselves, making sure that they get the necessary compliance certificates, etc. And I wonder how much of a difference that would make then 
um, to the kind of contracts that are issued and most importantly who they issued to. Uh, Pat Chalwa is the CEO of the National Contraction Incubator. She's still on the line. Uh, Pat, I want to give you a chance to answer Yanga's question because uh, he says that he's got a small business in construction. The big issue is how much they have to pay when leasing equipment. Okay, thanks, uh, thanks, Kathy. Uh, good morning, Yanga. Okay, it will sound like um, one simplifies the solutions and you maybe don't acknowledge the problem. Um, so what we do is, because of cases are not the same, as NCI, we are, when we are in our program, we are able to engage all, all stakeholders that are involved. For instance, um, we currently have the TLBs that we are hiring to the contractors, and also those TLBs are coming from the government. So when you are in our program, you become some kind of a mouthpiece for you, you become a voice for you. Uh, we do collaborate with various stakeholders. So when you've got a contract in front of you, and before you can even sign up um, and commit that you will be able to deliver in that contract, we've got the technical mentors in our in our, in our, in our uh, system uh, that will support you through and through when you raise a concern like uh, you'd want to negotiate um, the leasing fees for the construction equipment. That's when they will liaise with the client, they will liaise with whoever is involved and see how best we assist you. That is why we're saying you are not alone when you are, when you are in our program because of when you are in a program, you work with dedicated business development officers who will be supporting you with other things such as uh, your funding, access to funding with the banks, with everybody else or, or whoever is just going to be interested in the project. Does this apply to those businesses that are part of the incubator? And and I wonder then what those who are not part of, of, of your programs at the incubator can be. We, that's why we want to encourage um, SMMEs to approach NCI. That is why we are here to say, look, government is supporting NCI to support the SMMEs. We would want the SMMEs to contact NCI. Like younger, after this uh, uh, interview, would want to I will leave my numbers so that younger can contact one of our offices and will have uh, somebody who will assist younger and get involved and understand the entire program or the entire contract that he's talking about. So mm. we just uh, yes, we may not just give an answer or, or, or on the radio like this, but we want to involve. We get involved with the contractors or with the SMEs one on one on those spaces, even the ones who are outside. Uh, the program we call them the work-in uh, uh, SMEs, or they want to come in for inquiries. We respond to their inquiries because the purpose or the mission is the same: is that we want to support the economy of the country through construction uh, industry. Lawrence, you're calling us from Hamansgrau. Good morning. Morning, Kathy. Yes. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Lawrence. Good and very good. I'm here in Hamansgrau, particularly from the village Swardam. Mm. Yes, uh, what you are, you are just is telling, the, they've got the good intentions, but on the ground here, it's another thing, it's another story, because if you can look at Northwest, we've got uh, so many uh, RDP uh, projects that are lying there unfinished because of the finances, stuff like that, the, interve- the, the interventions, by po- the interference by politicians, Guns are, are, are roaming within the projects. And we, as the SMEs, we are not benefiting. Most of the projects, the housing projects in the Northwest, if you can investigate, they are lying there unfinished. So we don't know where to go regarding 
empowerment of uh, the SNNEC, particularly in the Northwest. And, and Lawrence, are you in the space at all? Yes, I'm in the space. Okay, Look, what, now, do you, what, as, what do you do? Tell me a bit more about what you do. We are we are trying to sub- subcontract and uh, venture into the building projects that the, the the Department of Housing is bringing to our villages. But mm. it's very difficult. That's what I'm speaking to you right now. We've got a project of a housing project that has been continuing for a period of three years, changing the contractor from one to the other. Uh, the reason being that the previous contractor is doesn't have a financial capability to can carry the the project through. Mm. There comes another one, and then uh, as we speak now, we had a disagreement with the contractor regarding the payments for for the milestones in the in the in the a contract that is trying to give us because as I'm trying to subcontract then I have to look for some workers to carry the job uh, through. I'm not going to benefit anything and then mm. you find that at the end of the day I'm fighting with my workers. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm. So, mm. so, 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 so is, is there a particular area, Lawrence, uh, in which your company specializes or focuses or um, you basically are just led by by whatever contracts you you're able to be part of uh as a as a company you, you go to wherever there is a project and then mm. based on your uh, on your qualifications competence you beat you, you get what i'm saying so northwest mm. uh, is a problem i and i'm i'm really appealing from you the investigative journalism in the in, in the sabc and the amabungani to can go into the Northwest housing projects and look what is not going well there. Because it's, yes, I mean, you can look from the, the whole of North, Northwest, they're changing the emissions time again, and the projects are lying unfinished because mm-hmm. of the money. I suppose the difficulty is that you as a subcontractor find yourself at the mercy of the main contractors. So some of the things that are happening to you are, are out of your control. Yes, yes, but anyway, since the 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 the, 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 the projects are brought about the government, it's, it's for us to get to go there and try to uh, get whatever the piece they are trying to give. But we're not getting anything out of it. All right, Pat, let me give you a chance then to respond to Lawrence. Ah, uh, Lawrence, I I truly understand what you what you're going through. So in, in a case like this one, um, we, we get appointed by, by government. We account directly to government institutions, uh, different government departments. So in this case, um, NCI would have to liaise with the Northwest Department of Human Settlements only when they appoint a NCI um, outlining the new scope or the revised scope that will address all the challenges that you have mentioned. I'm sure that it affects their performance as well as government if they don't deliver on that uh, RDP project or RDP housing project. Now, once NCI gets involved, unfortunately, I'll always have to mention that it's only when they appoint us and they would want us to account. That's where we get involved on the ground, involved with the contractors and identify where the gaps are. And in order for the program or for the project to be delivered according to the government's terms of reference, what is required. And we compile all those documents, it's still at the paperwork or feasibility stage. And once the government signs off and say NCI is expected to make the project work by doing, then they list everything that they need. 
including mm. engaging um, the contractors on the ground, as well as the forum. I know that people will always say, once you mention the forum, it's untouchable, you can't go there. We do engage with the business forum, we do talk to them as and when we need to get the projects going. So, 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 so Pat, again, who needs to appoint you? Um, does the main um, contractor um, need to appoint you? Does um, the government um, need um, to appoint you? Yes, so we are a government-funded institution. Um, I will make an example. Um, Small Enterprise Development Agency is funding this specific project uh, that we uh, were letting us say call it a program for Dobsonville. So from the establishment of that program, in terms of reference from CEDA is to establish a, um, they're focusing on township establishment of incubators or incubator programs. So it is CEDA that is appointing NCI that is funding the establishment of the center, the appointment of the SMMEs, they play a very active role, even appointment of staff, individual staff, just in terms of a capacitation of that branch, they sit in the interviews, um, they give you the, the, the service level agreement, the scorecard and all that. So in case of Northwest, so just to answer you, Katie, yes, it is the government that appoints NCI. All right. NCI Pat, I, I'm going to ask you to pause it there. I've got a break coming up. I'll give you a chance to finish. I'll also take more of our callers who've been lined up. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. While well, we continue the conversation on the talking point. Uh, so, Pat, I, th- I think just to end off on the point that you're making. So, ultimately, whichever contracts, you know, that uh, you become involved in, you would need to be appointed officially to be part of that project. So, so you won't necessarily be able to help somebody like Lawrence in the contracts he has because... Um, he is not on, in a position to officially appoint you to participate in those contracts. No. So when I say appoint, appoint, appointment, maybe I'm referring to um, there must be an agreement between NCI and that government department mm. that we will be supporting a particular community. And how we're supporting that community, we don't get involved in their agenda, except just to support them with... Um, the, like I've mentioned, we're supporting them just to make sure you want to look at it as you support them with the project management in this case, mm-hmm. with the dynamics that are happening uh, in that in that community or if it's a local community. So, uh, what can somebody like that, Lawrence do then? It, it will take. Uh, that's why I was saying we do welcome uh, individuals who come to NCI. That will compel NCI now to take all those concerns that we are getting right now on the radio to um, Northwest Department of Human Settlements and raise the concerns. And in terms of, maybe just to, to go back a bit, in terms of um, how NCI is established, the local municipalities and the, the government is supposed to utilize NCI to intervene. He mentioned intervention. There is intervention uh, from government structures to assist with the program without being part of the project, without getting into the monies of the SMMEs, but to support the SMME up to the end. So because of it's not just Lawrence alone, it will be a group of uh, subcontractors who are affected by one project. NCI needs to come up with a solution, a proposed solution that will be presented to that, um, in, in this case, it's not to a human segment. And once they adopt that um, a, a proposed solution uh, that is business-wise, technical-wise and all that, and even assisting with funding and assisting on-site, that's why I was mentioning technical mentors, only then that will now get uh, moving on the, on the net. So somebody like Lawrence can also talk to NCI. We'll have to go back to Northwest. We have actually tried to speak to Northwest as much as we didn't um, get 
far with those uh, negotiations, raising this concern, uh, like Lawrence, they should be able to identify where they are, practically where Lawrence is at, and which project they're talking about, and see how NCI can assist. And oh. good thing is, when that pro- process succeeds, it goes back to small business development um, uh, department where we report through CEDA. So all this, that process is clearly monitored by government to make sure that our intervention is as practical as possible to address the challenges that are happening on the ground. All right. Let me go to Rose in Gabeja. Good morning, Rose. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear, Rose. Okay. Um, my name is Rose. I'm also in construction alongside with my husband. Mm. Um, and, you know, what I have discovered is that I know that when the government maybe came up with the idea of having, I'll use an example with what we have in PE, which we call Ikuha, which is the places where the tenders um, go through and then they're given to the main contractor. Like what I think was it um, from Hamanskra, what he was explaining that you find that the main contractor gets the tender and then they appoint you as a subcontractor. But when they don't pay you, you still cannot go to Kuha and get them to help you. Do you understand? You've done the work, you've done everything, mm-hmm. and you haven't been paid. You have certificates showing that you've completed all the all the requirements that they needed from you, but the money is not showing. Um, and then they still can't help you. Do you understand? Then you wonder, why is there this middleman, mm. if I can put it that way, between Department of Public Works and the main contractor? Because Kuha technically is a middleman between these departments and the main contractors. Why are we not just being given the jobs directly from these departments without main contractors, if, 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 if necessary? Because I've seen that we are not the only ones. We are in that situation with my husband, whereby we've spent all our money pushing this project to finish it, mm. and we still have not been paid. And how long have you been waiting for payment, Rose? Well, we started this project early last year. Mm. We received one payment last year. So this whole year, we've been running the project out of our own pockets. Yeah, and that that, that can't be an easy situation. And what do they say to you? What does the main contractor say to you? They haven't haven't been paid by Kuha. And we we contacted Kuha, and Kuha said, no, they would follow up. The payment is sitting on someone's desk. Um, this person is going to just click the button. I don't know how many times they've told us that. that. And we paid, we, we continued with our staff because we remember, this is a job creation opportunity. We have employed people because we are trying to be part of this bigger picture. But now we are the ones who have paid people up until this point. We, have, we weren't able to pay them end of June. Um, and now we're sitting with a situation whereby our, our staff are taking us to CCMA. They're not taking the main contractor or Buha. Mm. They're taking us to CCMA because we haven't paid them. Some of them today said they were going to go and pick at the site, and we said they should because we think maybe the main contractor needs to see that this is serious for us as well. Mm. Because they're Pet? continuing, they are starting other sites in other pro- in, in other provinces. And if we had dropped this project midway, we would have been blacklisted because they got us from Kuha. So we didn't. It's like you are between a rock and a hard place. If you leave the, the the site without finishing the job, regardless of the fact that you haven't been paid, but you're the one who's going to be blacklisted. Mm. You continue with the project, you finish it, but you're the one who's not paid. Such a difficult situation. Pat, what do you have to say to somebody like Rose? It is difficult. Um, I just know that um, 
You know, and she's asking why aren't they appointing them directly as the main contractor? It's a matter of when the tender went out or when the call for submission for a tender went out, whether Rose and the husband submitted, and maybe they they qualified for, for that contract, and if they didn't qualify, maybe they opted uh, to be a subcontract. Because of it does happen that they could have submitted and they end up saying, okay, we'll take a sub, if they call it a sub, then they can do that work instead of losing the entire the entire contract, they can just take portion of it. Truly, it's just a matter of always competing and pushing to get the main contract. I'm not sure whether it was a condition uh, by that a uh, client, um, if, it, if, if it's a uh, GOCA, whether they wanted, they opted, it was a closed tender and they appointed the main contractor with the condition to, to appoint the, the subcontractor. Unfortunately, it takes them back to um, general building a, a, a contract, um, the GPCC. JBCC, whether they now need to take the main contractor to court, and we know that it, it, it just exhausts all the resources that we have. Like she's saying that their own um, laborers or employee, employees are taking them to CCMA. They also need to file for penalties um, uh, against the main contractor. But now you end up suing each other. It's more like you're suing your, your own employer because the main contract, contractor seems to have more power over the subcontractor. It is just a difficult situation, and that's what happens within the construction space. Hence, before you sign the subcontract um, between yourself and the main contractor, you also need to consider the conditions and whether you can carry the contract uh, up to the end. Should the subcontractor, should the main contractor not pay you in time, what are the terms and conditions that you have with the main contract? So it becomes more of a legal matter more than anything else because of this is not about even service delivery, whether they perform or they don't perform. And she has added as well that it's also the government officials who are not releasing payment for the, um, the main contract, and you wonder who is responsible for that project uh, within the, the, that government uh, institution or uh, I think you've mentioned Koha. When that project, every month when they report and there are invoices that are, are in, in an official table and whether it's the CFO who's not releasing payments, it's just one thing that we're struggling with in the country where officials are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I do feel for Rose, um, and, and I really cannot say Yes, we can be able to influence the processes, maybe even in supply chain or even the office of the CFO or whoever is supposed to release payments. But I fully, I fully, fully, fully understand the frustrations that Rose is facing, and I'm sure that most contractors are facing the same thing. It even gets worse when you find that the officials are not releasing payments because they would want to, to be giving gifts and all those things mm. before they can release the, the, the invoices. It's, it, it's really hard for, 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 for contractors. I, I fully understand, oh. and I agree with mm. Rose. If it was possible, everybody would be. You'll find that there's one one project, and they will appoint maybe um, one main, main contractor who will not cover the entire scope. And as to how they get to that job, uh, and unfortunately, sometimes they go for for well-established companies, and that will also disadvantage the SMME. And if they appoint one SMME who is a main contractor, doesn't have the capability. Now it's got to spread this cake and work with everybody else. And you find that now they have a problem with the, with the payment. So going back to what NCI does without losing sight of it, whether it's a subcontractor in a program, unfortunately, I keep on mentioning Tabeja, um, we do have a, a, a an MOA, a memorandum of um, agreement with um, Nelson Mandela Municipality. So in a, in a situation like this one, when it goes to our attention, before it becomes even a problem, we also provide access to funding, uh, access, not that we provide funding, 
but we create opportunities for SMEs to get funding and you plan your project. You know what is required, whether you can carry the project. Yes, we'll have to deal with um, institutions like a Construction Bank of China and other um, financial institutions to assist Uros to continue with the pro- project. While, on the other hand, I know that she has still has to deal with the legal aspect of it. With All the right. Main contractor. All if right, it's Pat. the main contractor, we can apply the same. All right. Uh, I've got quite a number of, of callers for you, Pat, so I'm going to ask you just to try and keep uh, your answers as brief as possible also for me. Um, Rose, uh, I hope that that has been able to uh, provide some form of direction, but it sounds like um, you're going to have to try and fight this uh, with with uh, the the the. the the appropriate department that has issued um, that that particular contract. Jonathan in Johannesburg, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Yes. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Jonathan. I can't complain. Kathy, tell me, man, uh, I, I see you have a guest that is now representing the contractors in the communities and so on, but only if appointed by the local municipality mm. or, or, or government. What happens to, okay, in my case, me and my wife had a company that were doing work in our in our community, which was um, given to a main contractor, which was not from the area, but uh, we did the work. But my wife was victimized on site, and because of that, and the constant fighting with the community and so on, because in the community there's forums, which um, uh, there's instigators which put which put people in positions where. They, they abuse the contractor, like my wife, for example, mm. and so on, on site. And I felt it was unsafe. And because of that, she had to abandon the project. Um, in this case, if if she's, if LCI is not appointed by the local municipality or government, what happens to such contractors? Okay. All right, uh, Jonathan, I'll, I'll give Pat a chance to respond very briefly. Uh, let me go to Brackenfell. Jan, good morning. Hi, good morning, Kathy. It's a long time no speak. Yes, it's been a long time. Mm. Yeah, thank you very, very much for this program. I feel so guilty, especially for my son. Kathy, my son graduated last year from UCT for the degree in this built environment, and he's still unemployed. Mm. I am feverishly listening to our pet, and pet, thank you very, very much. You know, there's so little things that this government is doing, right? That this one is a good thing. I wish you well on this path. I'll wait at the end of the call. I'm it's so busy. Kathy, I won't keep you up longer so that we can hear the rest of our South Africans on this issue. Okay. So, so Pat, uh, sorry. So, 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 Jan, basically, you are wanting to find out what somebody like your son can do who's got a qualification yes. in the space and is sitting at home without a job. All right. Yes. All right. No problem. I'll give Pat an Thank opportunity you very much, my in a moment. All right. Let me go to Dube in KZN. Good morning, Dube. Hi, Dube. All right. It looks like we've lost Dube on on the line there. But, Pat, let me give you a chance to respond to Jonathan and Jan. Okay. Thank you so much, Kathy. Um, Let me start with Jonathan. Jonathan, it looks like um, you, you have to engage the, depending who the client is, if the client is a um, a local municipality, I am sure that there is a stakeholder engagement forum where before the project can be rolled out to avoid uh, treating address things that we know that they do happen in local communities whenever there is a project. So on that one, I would say really engage the, the client. Directly the client, and if it's a local municipality, there must be a forum that liaises, and that will intervene in situations like this. 
they cannot sign up with you and just dump you on site and you are exposed to all these abuse as if they don't know that these things do happen when it comes to construction space. We are all aware that there is also a business forum that also needs to be managed and be part of um, part of stakeholder engagement. So that's what I would say um, on that one. Um, UCT, um, yes. So again, the government has created an opportunity for, for students to be absorbed in a program like ours and where they would want not just to be contracted but also to be um, developed into a consulting space. Uh, I've mentioned when I started that we would want to de- we do develop um, people like Yansan into uh, quantity surveyors, quantity surveying stream, or let me just say all those six disciplines where we place them into their professional registration bodies. We assist them with professional registration. We assist them with um, establishing their companies. And what we do, we as an incubator, they do have uh, in our resource centers, they are allocated uh, offices um, with all the equipment that they use, desktop, laptops, printers, and all that. That's where they would start to run their own businesses as we develop uh, his time into that uh, space depending on what you want to pursue. Um, that's the number that I will share right at the end of this program, but you can contact our office. As much as in Cape Town, we are not, um, government has not funded any of our programs, but we will consider uh, doing it. So one way or the other, uh, the son can also contact NCINC where we can place him. If he is prepared to relocate and be developed in any other area that is funded, we can do that. Okay, so, so 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 Pat, let me give you then a, a chance to um, read out your details for our listeners who may want to get in touch with you. I think beyond just uh, today's program. Okay, thanks, Kathy. For today's program, as much as we are targeting so much, but for everybody else, our head office is in is in Devon, is in KZN, and our contact number is zero three one three six eight. One two zero seven, and the responsible uh, person that is the head of um, the head of that department is Nonella Mpogozeli. Uh, you contact Nonella direct. Her numbers are zero seven eight four six zero three four zero two, and number again zero seven eight four six zero. 3402 and the alternative number again um, for NCI uh, under contractor development training and mentorship is 062, same person Nonella, 062-654-6380. Number again, 062-654-6380. And in that case, uh, Katie, she will be able to assist individual cases. Uh, I know that on the radio you are unable cover the entire scope but you are available to provide that information all right is is, is there any email address that people can can use as well yes our email address is info at netsy.org.za so i'll spell it again info info at n-a-t-c-i.org.za okay Fantastic. Thank you. Our website Mm -hmm. website is All right. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Pat Chalwa, the CEO of the National Contraction Incubator. I'll also read out some of those details after the 11 o'clock news update. We'll put them up on our uh, social media platforms too. It's 11 o'clock. Luyanda has your latest news.